Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to On My Block Packers podcast. I am your host, Mike Wall. I'm going to be joining us shortly. But until then, you can find me at MikeWall68 on Twitter and TikTok. Process to perform on Instagram. The show is prevented, presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your NBA playoff betting this season. Exciting games last night, too, by the way. Goodness. Get your analysis of every play, prop, and point at betonline.ag. You'll find the latest odds, bracket, contest, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships right through the NBA Finals. So BetOnline is your NBA headquarters this season. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-V, to receive your bonus, betonline.ag where the game starts. There's some interesting stuff going on. So we know it's draft week. And (laughs) it was weird. I was reading, I was reading this draft stuff. And what happens is every year we talked about it last year. um, They have all these new cognition tests, right? They had the Wonderlick and then they had the AIQ and, uh, and now they have the S2 cognitive test and they like to use it with quarterbacks. And an old name from Green Bay, or I guess he was with the was uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel back in the day when I was there, Bob McGinn, dropped some information that, and I didn't know this, but Bob was the guy who was dropping, leaking all the information. So all of these tests, you take these tests at the combine if you're a player, and you're kind of forced, just like every other thing, like you don't have to take it, but if you don't take it, you're a red flag, and people, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll say bad things about you. But it's supposed to be anonymous. Uh, it's not supposed to be leaked to the, the media. But somehow, guys like Bob McGinn, who I had a you know, hot and cold relationship with Bob. I have nothing bad to say about Bob except for I, I think this is too bad that he's doing this if this is, in fact, the case, if he's leaking this information. But Bob is, and other people are finding information online or, or from somewhere, some source on this S2 cognitive test. And they're now running C.J. Stroud's name through the mud. C.J. Stroud was going to be the top one or two pick in the draft. Maybe going to, a lot of people have him going to the Texans at number two. But he scored a, a low number on this test. And this is one of those tests, like the Wonderlick test was before it, like AIQ was before that. And let me tell you, I went through the AIQ's thing ad nauseum. We had the guy in the building a lot. These tests are without context. It's absolutely absurd uh, uh, how – Teams are willing to. Here's AG. What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Talking about the S2 cognitive test here. So, Bob McGinn, AG, remember remember that? Bob has been the one leaking all this information about Wonderlicks, AIQs, and now he got the S2 test out there. And so he's one of the reasons that CJ Stroud um, is, is, dropping in media boards not on actual boards but in the media he's dropping because you know some nfl executives who don't have the balls to to put their names out there are saying well he scored low in this test therefore he's definitely a bust and right i'm reading this i'm reading this uh, 
article here. Uh, that Stroud scored 18. It sounds like a red alert, red alert. You can't take a guy like that. That's why I have Stroud as a bust. That's in conjunction with the fact named one Ohio State quarterback that's ever done in the league. This guy won't put his name in. He's an NBA. He's an NFL executive that doesn't have the balls to put his name out here and put his name on his on his words. Right. This stuff is. It's it. It just pisses me off that guys go through their whole careers, these young aspiring athletes trying to get to this point. They take a test that they probably don't even want to take. Maybe they're in a good or bad state. Um, right. Score is is low enough where you go. Okay, there's probably something else going on, but it gets run through the mud now because these things are leaked. It's just, I'm surprised. I was I saw this and my first thought was, how the hell Bob McGinn doing, working for you know some other company called Go Long now, and uh, instead of the Journal Sentinel and drop and dropping bad information uh, to to put these guys in in the spotlight for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean it's something unfortunate. For uh, CJ and uh, you know the Wonderlick was something when I got to the combine I had just heard about it like two weeks prior to flying out to Indianapolis and I said oh by the way you got to take this test called the Wonderlick mm-hmm. I'm like what I'm wonder like, what you wonder what and then you got to take this other test that's from the Giants that's going to be like 500 questions that they're going to make you take you don't have to finish it you get as far as you could go <laughs> I'm like so you know to hear this is just again just like you know, a reporter, comment or you know, AP person trying to basically get their name out there. Um, that's one thing that pops in my head. It's like they trying to get that sensational, sexy headline with their name attached to it, not knowing in the process that they're um, potentially uh, putting a little bump in the road for a potential great player. As we know, he's been proven. Um, through his years, I don't know if he's a senior, but you know, between four, three, four years at Ohio State, doing his job, getting his team to the um, FBS, two-time you know, Heisman finalist, right? Yeah, exactly. Heisman finalist, everything, and then a, not a guy that does. And then on top of that, is a good all-around leader in the locker room, um, you know, for his team and for you know for a good team. And so you know, and to have all this kind of just you know, like like I mentioned, drug through the mud. Um, it's it's it just shows some of the where some of the bad human pe- beings want to be and get their name out there. Um, so hopefully, I say if I'm CJ, just like you know myself, I got a big ass chip on my shoulder when people you know mark me down for either my talent, my school, the system I was in, being a, a typical Nebraska running back. We just run straight ahead, and I was like, you know what? All right, I'm just gonna come in and show y'all what. I'm made of and what type of back I am. I am an NFL back. And that's what he has to, that's what potentially if he does fall out of the first round, that's what he can do and use that mode, use that as motivation to look forward to towards his career. It, it, the larger commentary here is probably like, what a circus we have figured out how to make this whole thing. Uh-huh. Everything. You know, I, I was just looking today, like the NFL draft starts on Thursday and, it only is the first round. And then I think right. like the second and third round are on Friday. You just start going, why don't you have the first three rounds like they used to? And it's like, well, because we need to spread it out. We need to make it a bigger deal. Right. Why do these people do mock drafts? Oh, so we have something to talk about. Oh, why does why do why does Bob McGinn have to drop this information when you know contextually it's it's kind of out of sorts? Well, because that's that's this is what pe- they're getting paid for. I mean, it's Correct. it's one of those things where it's I don't even know if he's a bad guy, I think he's just doing his job. Hey, he's just, doing his job, but I think he knows better. I believe he knows I, better. What, what, 
I mean, you tell me what what does he know? What what does he know better? He knows that he's dropping information that he thinks is credible to get his name in the paper. That that's literally his job. True. You know, you see, you see what I mean? Like it's 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 we're setting. It's such a weird thing because these players, you know, you can especially an NFL quarterback, you can fawn over them. They can they can become legendary. They can make a ton of money. They can get all. But the other side of it is you're right. going to have to deal the 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 side that they don't tell you about is. You're going to have to deal with accusations, hearsay. You're going to have to deal with all these kind of situations that really you have very little to do with and have no control over. You just got to sit here and take it, you know, on the chin sometimes, and and try to say the right thing in the moment when somebody presents this to you, probably as a surprise. Yeah. And and you and this is this is the price you pay. And they go, oh, well, you get to be famous. It's like, no, I get to be famous because I'm better at my job than you are. That's why I'm famous. I'm not famous. Like this isn't. You know, this, this, if we're going to really get into it, AG, what I always is amazing to me is at this stage in the game, the media is completely unnecessary. Like, yes, all of the arguments that they, we need the media as athletes to perpetuate our, our narrative or make our, no, we don't. They don't need anybody because they have social media. They can exactly. create, they can create their own content. They can hire their own people. Exactly. They can they can find objective people to do the or subjective people to do the job if they want. The people are going to still watch the NBA. They're going to still watch the NFL, yep. whether or not this guy writes an article or not. So it's the I think that it, the dynamic has changed. I'm sure the salaries have changed and thing like that. In the media, you see how how NBA, how ESPN, for example, struggles with poor decisions they made hiring certain people in certain roles, and they have to kind of lag through these contracts now, and they've dumpster fired waves of, of different characters, but it, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic just as a larger commentary from when we were started, where you understood right. that there was a relationship that was required. And now, honestly, I just don't see it. I, th- I think guys can help themselves by, by being friendly with the media, certainly, but it's, yes. but you, it's, if you're going to tell me we can't do oh. our job, if, if, if you're not there, I disagree. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% with that. You may, and in the last little comment too, saying basically, do we, you know, we could create our own narratives. I mean, you see players doing podcasts now while they're playing. The Kelsey brothers, they had their, Draymond Green has his, where he goes and voices out his opinion. And all the laundry gets cleaned out with the player in control of the narrative, not ESPN, not Fox, not, not Fox, not NFL Network. And so, that's where we are now. And so to your point, yes, I mean, it is more in the player's hands, which something we didn't have at that at all. We didn't have that Twitter. Facebook came towards like between 2008 and 2010. So in that two year space when those um, social medias were created and now you had NFL players chiming in, you know, obviously they had to learn. And once the once the once the players figured it out, then they're like, oh, oh. You know, so that brings so that brought on a whole new uh, dynamic of athlete. And so to you know, to Bob, to CJ, like I said, CJ man just is like duck off a while's back. Bob, I believe as a professional, you know what you're doing. Um, it's not fair, but you do part of it is you doing your job. The other part of it, you're old enough to know better because you know what you're you're the can of your opening when you when you when you make this statement, basically, right here. I saw something. I did. I did a, uh, a little research last week for uh, a show, and I was looking at the cap numbers for for offensive defensive spending across the league. Right. And I found I found something that was interesting. 
at least I thought it was interesting that in the entire National Football League, there's only four teams that spend more on defense than offense. Oh, gotcha. So if you if you broke their cap up and you said, and that's for 2023. But th- listen to these teams now. I'm, I don't, I'm just trying to I'm trying to understand if we can make anything of this. Right. The Dolphins, Jets, Bills, and Steelers are the <laughs> only four teams that spend more. So the obvious thing is Dolphins, Jets, and Steelers are all on rookie contracts right now for their quarterback. Yeah. The Bills, the Bills have Josh Allen, but the, the other three are, are on rookie contracts. So that would be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the Steelers are have always been a proud defensive team. The Jets mm-hmm. have one of the top five defenses in the National Football League. Uh, the Dolphins have an incredible uh, defense as well. The Bills yeah, were kind of the outlier here, but if you look at all four of these teams, and you might make you might say maybe three of the four because the Steelers, we don't know how they're going to be this year. They're they're coming. They're going to have the second year quarterback again. Yeah, get out of pit, but they've always been in the mix. Mm-hmm. I found it. I didn't think it was going to be 50-50 because of the quarterback position. But I was surprised to see this. I, I was very surprised to see there was only four. And I was also surprised that those four teams are actually pretty prominent teams in the National Football League right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something when you when I saw this question, I looked it up and I, I did my little homework too. And I was like, only team, the first thing after I saw the, uh, that jumps out at me, obviously, is the playoff push or playoff pitcher. You know, which of these teams are playoff contenders? Um, some teams. Uh, of the four, you know, Dolphins was right on the edge. Steelers got the Patriots too. Sorry, the Patriots as well. But the Patriots okay. doesn't surprise you at all, right? Mac right. Jones, Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, Bill Belichick's going to spend on defense. Exactly, and uh, so the only only two really teams that were, you know, obviously Bills right into the playoffs with thirteen and three record, but then the Dolphins just, you know, kind of on the bubble. Jets are they're going to be a team that obviously once the piece, the one piece gets in place through trade talks, we'll discuss that here in a little bit then we'll know coming the season. But from last season, a team that we knew right away that their defense is what leads that team. Now they just need somebody to to head the offensive side of the ball to where they still have, con- you know, I'd say continuity um, with both sides of the ball, basically. Okay, so AG, I have to – I've I've made an error here. So I was on the oh. wrong – so listen to this. These, these are the actual t- – so the Panthers only spend $66 million this year on offense, 99 on defense. That is a significant margin. They're yeah, rebuilding. Third, you know, they got problems. Million, They're yeah. going to be on a rookie quarterback. Right. The, the Bucks, the Bucks don't have a quarterback, 72 versus 80. Uh, nope. The Titans don't have – I mean, they got Tannehill, but they, yeah. or, you know, they might not have a quarterback. Now. They, might, they might be using the kid out of Liberty. They're Correct. 89 to 98. Um, the Seahawks are $10 million under – they're Geno Smith. They just paid Geno Smith, yep. but you know, historically they're a defensive team. So yeah, there there are a couple more here. The the Colts are in shambles. Um, they're they're seven million difference. But yeah, it's I I was I was I, I was looking at the wrong year. But this is but still there's there's so there's eight teams eight or ten teams, and I guess you're gonna get your your what what you know. I guess what makes sense is a lot of you, know, you talk about the Seahawks, the, you know, the Panthers, the Buc- th- those are all defensive heavy teams. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, I think because a lot of those teams just lost quarterbacks, that flipped immediately. Maybe it flipped since the last time I looked at this as far as right. where they reset. But um, it is I don't I'm, I don't spend a ton of time looking at the cap, but it was interesting kind of going through this and just seeing like the Packers, for example, they they had all this money, obviously wrapped up with a quarterback on offense, but it was like, right. you know, 
10 million, 11 million dollars for the running backs, five million dollars for the for the wide receivers, three million dollars. I'm obviously rounding three or four million dollars for the tight ends. You go, okay, well, this year, like they still have really made no splashes. And Jordan Love's coming in now going, okay, well, I got I got these two second year guys going into wide receiver, but I really don't have a third guy yet. I don't have a tight end to build around. I have two running backs. I need I need a right tackle. Like what they better Hey, go ahead and open that 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 checkbook, man. We got some we got some time. We got some money to spend. Yeah, yeah, you gotta gotta like way down. Basically, what's important? I mean, we know we've heard though at it since we played started playing football. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. So it's just it's interesting. I'm glad you put that in there because it shows to you. It shows us basically, um, obviously, where teams are really focusing. Even though we hear all about the quarterback, we hear all about the offense and the, the wide receivers and the big plays all that when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it take down all the skin and just get down to the brass knuckles you got defense that's going to rule and and, and, I, and i'm an offensive player and i agree with that since i was in from the time i started playing football till now defense is where you're going to get you know you're going to get your wins at because obviously you got players that are on the same page defensively that know what they're doing in their technique and their roles then you have a good time you got a good time of, you got a good chance of winning a lot of games I always remember that the Colts when they had Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was healthy, and they were always perennial, you know, AFC yeah. Championship game guys, and they they had the number one defense, but it wasn't really. But what they had done, and I think this is such a great game plan, and yeah. it obviously depends on who you have the quarterback position, but yeah, they they made a defense that was basically ball hawks because they knew that they were going to score points, and they knew they were going to always be in a position where the opposing team had to throw the ball at the end of the game. Like, in other yeah. words, they. I remember playing that team so many times where we got, we just went, they have no defensive line from a run defense perspective, right? They had yeah, free they had, they had, they had those guys, but they're not, they're pass rushers. Like we, you could yeah. run all day on that team. And we did, we did. But, but you, but we, you couldn't after a certain point because Peyton Manning would score every time he got the football. I exactly. remember we went to Indianapolis one year and I, this was when Peyton was coming up and Brett was, you know, had been three-time MVP yeah, and they were trying to show like each other up. Or 38 or something like that. Well, it's, it was one of those deals where I think we went back and forth, touchdown for touchdown for three possessions. We had to punt and they just kept going. And it, that yeah. literally the game was over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we just couldn't make any adjustments. Or we, and, we and, and, and to your point, after that game, Tony Judge, he came up to me, he said, we were going to let Brett do Brett. Let Brett throw touchdowns and all that. We were going to make sure we stopped you. We made sure that we, you didn't get in the end zone more than one time or zero times. Because I think I had 24 carries for like 80 yards, but no touchdowns. And I think I have like 20 yards receiving. So he's like, the game plan was, he just stopped me in the middle of the field. He said, our game plan was to stop you. Make sure that we didn't get you. If you got going, then it was going to be a problem with the pass game and your run game going on. So basically us, the offensive line and myself, you know, I was like, okay, that's it. That's coaching. I mean, you did it. <laughs> you figure one thing out and got, and I say in my head as a competitor, you got lucky this one. You got lucky this round. I, I was, I was looked at it kind of like I remember in that game or there's a microcosm of how they played was I, I didn't think it was necessarily difficult. It wasn't a it, like the, the running or maybe we're talking about different games, but running the ball wasn't. It was difficult. out there. It was in Indianapolis. Was it, was it different? There. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're talking about the same game, but it was it wasn't like it was hard to run against them. It was yeah. you got to a point in the game, and it happened early. It happened second quarter, yeah. where all of a sudden you just can't run the ball anymore because they're they're going to be up fourteen points. They're going to be up seventeen. They're yeah. they're scoring every single time, and You're so right. 
you're there the numbers on defense you said like 24 carries for 80 I don't I don't know what your stats were but I remember Brett had three touchdowns to start the game and then it was that was it because was you it. just start now Dwight Freeney's going now Robert Mathis is going now you know yeah. Bob Sanders in the in the secondary second balls off right but they're they were perfectly built it was one of those few teams that i went that team is just built perfectly for like the the offensive firepower they have what they you know i think they at at the time they had um marvin harrison and reggie wayne so already so they're just they're so loaded edge in the backfield and then all of a sudden you go well, on the, on the other side of the ball, it's not like they had these world beaters. They had some really good pass rushers. Yeah, they yeah, didn't have world beaters, but they were the number one defense just because it's like they they got you into the position they wanted. You know, sixteen out of sixteen games, almost it seemed like yeah. they they got to the second half and it was like, all right, pin your ears back, boys. We know this other team's got to play catch up. That's exactly what happened to us. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they say good coaching, good players, knowing the. Uh, Knowing the play scheme and knowing the game plan going to each game. When you when you think about the Packers now, going to this draft Thursday night, yeah, we need safety, we need tight ends, we need, we I think we need a right tackle. I think that's up for debate, but I think we need another good offensive lineman, we need an edge player. Yeah, there's a ton of people out there saying we're taking this Jackson Smith kid out of Ohio State wide receiver first. And again, we've talked about it, bro. I love it. I, I mean, I love – hey, Jordan Love, sure, you get a first-round wide receiver. Aaron, I know you never got one. Jordan, yeah. what, hey, Merry Christmas, first time off the board, first-round you know, first round wide receiver. I guess there's is – there, is there really – is that a realistic – I mean, would Goody really do that? Uh, we've talked about this. I just – there's so many real needs, and they've found success finding guys in second, third, fourth round. Correct. Is it is it – is there really a chance that they because now you're saying Christian Watson's not your number one guy, right? If you brought right. a first yeah. round receiver, that that doesn't seem to me like you're you're happy with your number one guy anymore. Right. And it's some good wide receivers coming out of college football because that's what college football is all about. It's about throwing the ball now. Um, and it definitely uh, would say in the action that you know, Christian, yeah, you were of our first round rounder last year. Um, <laughs> and now this is who, I, who we're going after, you know, receivers out of Ohio State, receivers out of um, Alabama. Um, so now it's to the point of, you know, in terms of value and what they need. Now, it's definitely not what they need. But like you mentioned, like you've been kind of gassing it up a little bit, how Goody would do this because this is something that was on the list of uh, Aaron and never got requested. It never The request never got granted, basically. So. I say I say that tongue in cheek, right? Because they yeah. like obviously the the impetus here would 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 be that you have a a kid in Jordan Love who you don't I don't think anybody thinks he's the next Aaron Rodgers. Um, certainly they didn't they they haven't made him a poster child for being the next Aaron Rodgers. Sure. So he's going to need weapons. Now you have to start going. Are the weapons at you know the Darnell Wright kid, the right tackle for Tennessee? He who yeah. very well could be there. Um, are the weapons? The, uh, the the Arizona or the excuse me the Ohio State wide receiver is it one of the maybe the three or four or five tight ends that you know a lot of people don't like to take tight ends in the first round but if you were going to take a, a tight end in the first round there's a couple guys here that you'd say this is probably worth taking he'd be a, a cornerstone weapon ag bigger picture put your GM hat on if you're what are the cornerstones of a of a team if you're a GM and you're starting if you need if you just need guys. And you got 
two first round picks, two second round picks. Where are you going? You you need everything. <laughs> I mean, and we'll go. So yeah, I got that list. Of what's yeah. priority number one and on down? I'm going. I'm going offensive. I'm going offensive line, um, and then okay. if and an edge rusher right away in the first round. If I got two first round picks, is it going to be a flip up between best available of the tackles that's on my list and the best available on my edge rushers? That's the list because we just talked about defense spends. You know, teams spend the most money on defense. So in one of those first round, if I have two first round picks, it's going to basically flipper. You know, it'll be the edge rusher goes first and that 15th pick, and then whatever that second pick comes or if it's before four of that is going to be a tackle or vice versa so i'm gonna go offensive line defensive line basically in my first two picks and then wide receiver in my third pick after that out of the second third rounds so that, that's a real easy decision if we had uh so so generally if you talk to a general manager generally i said generally too much there but if you talk to a general manager they will say the four cornerstones of, of a draft are obviously quarterback right yeah. But then they'll say uh, cor- corner, corner, yeah, edge rusher, and and tackle, and whether it's right or left tackle depends on you know what how how you run your offense and everything. So 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 those are kind of the those are kind of the go tos, right? Yeah. And then there's some extra. And then I think what usually happens here is there are some perceived extraordinary players at certain positions. Yeah, where you you maybe maybe Jackson Smith is is so much better than what you rank. Darnell Wright, what you rank the edge, you know, Will Anderson Jr.'s right now being looked at as he could be the most talented person on the board. So even though these teams desperately need quarterbacks, you know, you talk about the Texans, you, there's there's people making yeah. those comments now, right, where Will Anderson might get moved all the way up there because he's a mercurial talent that's been the best defensive player in college football for at least two years, if not three. Yeah. So – it's tough to yeah. say, right? I mean, it's 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 always interesting though that it's very simple. Okay, I need I need a guy to throw the ball. Okay. <clears throat> well, I need a guy to play defense against the guy who throws the ball. Okay. I need a guy to sack the guy who throws the ball. Okay. I need a guy to protect the guy who's trying to sack the guy. Who's... And then you go, oh, that's, I mean, it's literally that's how it was explained to me. Yeah. I had, a, I had a general manager explain it to me like this is this is how we think. Here you go. Guy and... throws it. Guy who plays. You know, defends it. Guy who sacks him, guys who protects this guy from sacking him. That's it. And now I see the problem with GMs. If they're exactly. thinking just like that too much, mm-hmm. that's yeah. too much thinking. That is way too much thinking. It's real simple. We already know. We mentioned this on this show. The offense, the defensive line, that's where the game starts and ends, basically. If you have a really good offensive line, you got a really solid defensive line, that's where the game end and begin. Basically, if you got edge rushers, interior guys that can push, offensive line the scrimmage reset it or if you have an offensive line i.e philadelphia that can then reset the offensive line or the line scrimmage going the other way and can run the ball and then give your quarterback time to throw the ball that starts then you're going to get top end quarterbacks top end receivers top end running backs eventually some teams and we, well, we know a few teams still use a fullback and blocking tight ends that's where you could go start then picking up that offense where you obviously still as we've seen today going to spend less money than the defense but you can get those key positions because sometimes in a situation you only really need one receiver one tight end one quarterback and one running back in every position you don't need multiple of a whole bunch of guys to make a difference on the offensive side of the ball yeah but what, what would you okay so the so the the other side of that would be joe burrow changed the entire franchise first pick in the draft right 
LSU kid for best yep. best college football season ever. Easy first easy first pick in the draft. That entire coaching staff was going to get fired going into that that year. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it was. And their offensive line was garbage. Yeah. Right. They had a handful. They had Mixon. They had obviously brought in Jamar Chase. Their defense was was not good the year before, but they've certainly played well recently. But Joe Burrow is, you know, when I think of like, when I think of offensive line is, and Chad Clifton was was Walter Jones, the best player I ever played with. Okay, mm-hmm. and he was he was a first round pick. He was your kid ran a four six five out of That's Florida weird. State. I mean, come on, it's a joke, right? Yeah. But Ch- but Chad Clifton was as talented a player that you're ever going to find along the offensive line, second round pick. Oh yeah. Right, Mike Mike Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, as good as a center as you're going to find, exactly. third round pick. Marco, three time Pro Bowler, I think he was like fifth or sixth round pick. Tauscher. Right. You, my point is, you can find these guys. Yes. If you have a good coach, and that's and the Eagles is a really an, an easy one. Lane Johnson is the only first round pick on that team, I think. And Lane's on special. Yeah, on that offensive line. Right. Lane's special, but what's really special is they have a Kelsey. They have a um, a Jason Kelsey is from a leadership standpoint. Uh-huh. They have a great. They have a. Uh, they have a team that believes in investing in building that offensive line they have a great offensive line coach their system is very is very friendly for offensive linemen so you can bring a lot of that in now the defensive line i think you spot on man like you got that side of the ball you just need talent yeah that's not as much to me that's a less developed player than the offensive line like you could take in other words the gap between where you are and where you can be for offensive line is actually i think is pretty severe I don't know if it's as severe at defensive line. Yeah. I, I don't maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I've always perceived it. Yeah, because what happens on defensive line, they just get a, a guy that's either big or really fast off the ball. And then they don't sometimes the defensive coaches don't even do anything beyond let them, they just let them be. They don't don't work on mechanics where they get into hand fighting and leveraging and knowing if they are gonna be a two gap or how to really play that two gap. Um they just go with the talent because, okay, man, we got this big kid from so-and-so, or we got this big, fast kid. He's off the ball. He comes off. We just put him on edge. He's going to get to the quarterback. They don't really think about the whole picture of building that kid out or bearing that player out. And usually it boils down to the player recognizing it in himself. I'm, I'm a three technique. Yeah, I need to rush the ball. I need to stop the pass or start the run. But I need to work on my 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 left rush, my left side rush, or my right side rush, or more hand quick. That's when it comes boils down to the player, and that's where you see that discrepancy between um, better over time, over a career, offensive lineman figuring out, having the coaching to support them, and then having the ability. That's why they got drafted, and then you know, throw there being a great Hall of Fame, most likely Hall of Fame player, where the D line sometimes goes uh, down the other way. I wonder what how many I wonder how many D line D linemen at the end of their career because you make a great like the difference between. Running a three four four three, you know, are you a penetrator? Are you a two gapper? Are you a gap and a half guy? Okay, there's so, there are all these different things, and you can yeah. be successful in a number of them. You can be a great, you know, Richard Seymour is a, is a perfect example of a guy. If you're good enough, you're going to be a Hall of Famer regardless of what they put you in, because that's not a traditional that three four D tackle look. Ty Warren and him, like those aren't positions. Those are positions where you're like those are you're going to get enough stats to be a Hall of Famer, but he was an easy Hall of Famer, right? And there's a couple mm-hmm. of guys out there like that, but I wonder how many guys because it's almost the difference between being an option left tackle and a and a and an NFL left tackle. I mean, that's how different the, yeah. the the techniques are, and I wonder how many guys at the end of their career 
look back and go, man, I wish I would have played for so-and-so just because this scheme didn't fit my profile. You know what I mean? I Like yeah. I made it work and I had a good career, but I could have had 25 more sacks and interesting. Right. Be interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's coaching. coaching. Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers' talks are back on. Now, the Jets, basically, I think, depending on who you talk to, they're not going to give up the 13th pick. But that day two, so Friday, before that starts, the expectation is the Jets are going to be a Super Bowl contender by Friday afternoon, and the Packers are going to be looking at having multiple second-round picks and maybe a third-round pick from the Jets. Now, maybe a two and a three gets it done. I Who knows at this point, right? But when you start looking at it, bro, it's like – if I'm the Packers right now, and if, I, if I've told Jordan Love that you're the guy, you're you're who we're going with, and we've talked about, okay, if, if they wait till June 1, they can spread the cap. Don't you want to start now and try to rebuild this? I mean, not rebuild, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Bakhtiari right. said it, rebuild the team. Yeah. But I feel like you you got to get your stuff in gear by yeah. Friday to get that pick, right? Man, I would have had stuff in gear a month ago. yeah but you understand but you understand you're not going to get the jets best and final until right about now right correct correct what i would i would take care of anything else i could take care of without the jets and the aaron dictating Mm -hmm. what i can and can't do as a gm because you know me doing what i'm doing and what i'm you know at at the university of nebraska now but at lakeland sometimes i gotta stop in a role where i was recruiting a player or waiting on funding to get the program started then i'm like you know what let me do stuff that I can do without waiting on that. So then everything else is done around that. And then boom, I get okay with getting this extra funding for this area. Or I find out from the player that he's definitely still interested in coming to my school. So I'm going to make myself busy until that time. till that bridge gets crossed. Other than that, you're not going to stop. I'm not going to just sit and wait and do this. I'm not so going to so you feel like, and I think it's probably a lot of people feel like this because they they really made like two moves, right? The special yeah. team safety, they've just done nothing, and I think a lot of people are going, "Well, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron." And your point is, well, you already said Jordan's going to be the guy, so right. what the hell are you waiting on? Go find, put somebody in front of us that, that looks like they might be help. Yeah, yeah, you know, just look look for things that, like I said, outside of who is not narrating whatever thing else, everything else is Aaron dictating. And obviously the jets are holding on because of that. So I'm going to go find, I got other stuff I can get done until that time. And that moment is here. Joe Douglas has to know at this point, Joe Douglas being the general manager for the, New yeah, for the jets. Yeah. Joe Douglas has to know if Aaron Rodgers is planning on playing one year, two year or more. He has to know by now. They, they've had, had that conversation. They, so have they, they know what their draft compensation is going to look like based on that. They're probably, yeah. they're probably, you know, and let's be honest, like if he plays this year and they, if they ever get his, you know, backside over there and he's working with all these, you know, all the, the wide receivers and the Brees Hall's coming back and whatnot there, you're probably thinking, hey, 2024 draft, first round draft pick is going to be in the, in the late 20s because we think we're going to be pretty damn yeah. good. Right. Yeah, so they're, they're, and they're probably, and the Packers are probably looking at it that way. You, start, you just start, so maybe they give up the, the 2024 second round pick. They give it second and a second and you start looking at it and you go, well, maybe that, that feels more like a third because you guys are going to be so hot. I don't know, but I, I agree with you. It, I, I, you wish that they had done anything during this off season time that looked like they were putting Jordan in a position to be successful. 
even if it was like, hey, we're hiring a quarterback guru. We're we're you know, oh. we're doing something that or we're sending them out, we're sending them out to California. In California, he works out with this guy because we know Jordan Palmer, because we know Jordan Palmer's getting it done. And we, you know, we put yeah. our stamp because we want everybody to know we're invested in this guy being the best version of, of himself for this team. But I go back to bro, I, I just don't know with with the amount of like swing, we talked about the over the cap numbers, the amount of swing that Aaron Rodgers' money will have this year, whether he's on the team, he's not, how he traded, right. retired, blah, 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 blah. Like, I just don't, maybe they just feel like we can't do, we're scared to do something. We're scared to put ourselves in that situation, or it's not going to get passed by the league. Yeah. I don't it's, know. Yeah. It's any of those things. And I, I don't know with, uh, in terms of Jordan, I know Aaron Jones, I saw something, I read something where he actually flew out. I guess they met out in California, him and oh, Love. Yeah, I think a lot of them are out there. Yeah, so that's so that's the players taking it on their own and said, hey, you know, GM's not doing anything or the team's not doing anything. This is what we're going to do. And, I, and obviously that's the way they should do it. And it should be like this every year because that's the only way you get better and uh, you get on the same page as players, working out together, doing little things together. Obviously, after the workout, you go hang out at a night, get, grab lunch, grab dinner, you know, while you stay out there for that one or two weeks. And that's where – that's the glue that's going to help out everything else once we get past the draft and once we basically get the training camp between here. We got OTA starting up very soon, too, after this draft and then on to the um, training camp. So that's that that glue of the players connecting on their own is going to make it happen. I think for you, for you and I, with our backgrounds and especially especially in Green Bay and I have an offseason program, we understand how important it is to get with your guys, yes. put that work in you know, take ownership of your career. That does so much more for you than just, you know, staying up in, in going through the motions with your team necessarily. Yeah. Um, when you think about this draft and, you know, guys are coming in and we're probably not going to draft a running back in the top couple of rounds, but, yeah. you know, let's say you, you look back at your career. If you could talk to your, if you could talk to you getting drafted right. as, as a running back and you want to contribute that rookie year, what do, what are the things on and off the field that you feel like let's just maybe have three or four things that are the most important insights you can give to a young kid who who wants to get their stuff together so they can play now they can contribute yeah. now and they let's we're going to assume he had, they have the talent to do so yeah i would say one um obviously head in the playbook like you literally learn everything from your position and whatever they may put you in if they like you see the starter and the starter sometimes is in the slot or outside, you know, in a wide receiver position, learn that same stuff, learn how to run those routes, you know, work on your pass couching ability. And then obviously do all the mechanics, do work on all the things that we do as running backs, running the ball, uh, picking up the blitz, catching the ball at the backfield and then talking to your old lineman, you know, getting that conversation. But like, hey, man, you know, when we do a power, when we do a trap, when we do. Uh, outside zone, we do inside zone. What are you, you know, like those conversations that we had? Yeah. You know, what are you thinking when I'm when I'm about to, you know, I might bounce it because I see something that makes me bounce it. But what are you thinking as all, you know, having a so get so I say I say lay, lay learn the lay of the land. So that means get to know your teammates. Mm -hmm. um, two, um, take care of your your office. Take care of your body. Your office is your body is your office. So get all this. Get seven and eight hours of sleep. You're in that weight room early. You're in their weight room late during the week, because if you're a rookie and you're drafted later rounds, you might not play a whole lot, but you will off offense, but you will play on special teams. So make sure that you're physically ready to go for all that. And don't try to 
balk at being on special teams. Eat it up because that coach is going to that uh, special teams coach is going to talk to your offensive coach. Hey, so and so. Hey, he showed up in practice today. He's been and meetings, asking questions, whatever. Do your part there. So people don't have a, a good grasp on how important it is when it comes to cut time. How important the special teams input is that usually sways the last 10, 15 positions on the team, yep. whether or not that special teams coach is going to be able to use it. So yeah, go Especially ahead. If you're late, if you're fourth round, fifth round, sixth and seventh, you better that that's your job. Yeah, learn special teams because they, I don't know how it is today when they look at a later round draft pick for running backs, but I would take it. What the game is, it's a passing game, so I take it they're not putting much into you. I mean, the good coaches will. They will talk to you and teach you, coach you up just like you were for you the uh, first uh, for the starter. But other coaches out there, you never know what you're going to get going into a NFL coaching room and find out who's going to who's there to make you better. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, the routine thing for me is the number one. You got to get your house in order. You got, yep. I mean, literally, you got to go. Hey, where are you going to live? How are you going to? You know, what food are you going to get? Where are you gonna, all that? Like all yep. that stuff outside of the building stuff has got to be right. Like you don't, you just never find, you never find a guy who is has maximizes his career that doesn't have that stuff taken care of, right? If you don't yeah. have that stuff taken care of, like outside the building, like getting into the building the way your play style, everything is going to be a problem. Yeah, play, that's that's that was just matter of fact for me. Like I once I came out of here. Well, like, I don't think I, it's matter of fact for most guys though. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I didn't mention it. Like I didn't mention it. I was just thinking more football stuff. But yeah, that stuff is a matter of fact. You get to your city. I got to Seattle. I found out where the grocery store was. I found out where was the the more, I say, healthier grocery store, um, you know, where they had better products and, you know, was organic or whatever. You know, um, I found out where where other maybe there was a pro gym around town because it's Seattle. We got the supersonics. You got the Mariners. You have us. Maybe there's a gym locally where in the offseason, Seahawks go or the Supersonics go or something like that. You can hang out with them while they're in the gym and then obviously be around like-minded individuals too. You know, that's a that's a possibility, especially in cities like Arizona, like Miami, or being being in any Florida team. I mean, a lot of athletes stay in those cities and stay in, live in those states. That's something you want to think about. Listen, all of that's important. I mean, if you're going to have four things, like you got to get you got to get your out, out the field and off the field stuff right. You know, just you so yeah. you have a routine. You're just trying to get to your routine. What's my routine look like? Yeah, you got to get in the playbook, like you said. I think it's probably the most important. I think more guys more guys end up losing reps because they don't know what to do when their when their numbers called than anything else in the league. I think they fail mentally more than they fail physically. Yeah. And and that is and then the other thing is like you're continually trying to build your confidence. And so how do you just have to figure out what you how you build your confidence? Do you need more? Are, do you need to work on your technique to build confidence? Are, is there something that you do that the person in front of you isn't able to? Do you need to accentuate that? Do you need to, like, make sure that everybody understands exactly what your superpowers are and you can fill that niche role for the time being until you kind of become a more complete player? Like, you just have to put yourself in a position from – I think a knowledge standpoint, knowing that you, they can trust you, that trust is probably the number one issue with offensive linemen, running backs, right? Can I trust you in blitz pickup, for example? Can I trust yeah. you're going to hit the right hole? And then those reps, you're going to miss a lot of reps. So you just have to be a, and I didn't know this at a young age, but you have to be a film junkie. I could yes. go back and tell my, my old self, because I think you and I were the same. 
Yeah. We're going to take care of our business. We're going to work hard. You know, there's no, there's no lack of effort nor time spent. But if I could teach, tell myself one thing that paid off huge things that I try to in, in all, every kid I work with now or every young athlete, what we talk about maybe more than anything is you can learn so much from film study that, that it's a, it's, it it's, a, it's a hidden advantage that just people don't take it, that do not take, uh, or that, that do take for granted, excuse me. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta maximize that. And now they got so many, they make it so easy on them now. They got iPads, they got, oh, they can say digitally through an email, through a text message, the game film, game breakdown, just the third down end zone cut up, whatever. They could do all that. Before we get, I got a game for you today. Before we get in to get some listener questions, uh, we got uh, somebody said, SDN40 said, DL is the sneaky need. They only have four on the team. Yeah, I guess that's true. But they, we, we kind of know that like rounds three through six, they're going to pick up offensive linemen, defensive linemen, mm-hmm. right? They'll pick up a couple guys. Maybe there'll be a trade that includes one. There'll be a street free agent later on. I, I don't know that they're going to pick up a first round because of Devontae Wyatt last year. I just don't think they're going to pick up a first round guy with the, with the 15 pick in the draft. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think they're going to do that. Um, Mark says that we need to find a future left tackle. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think Bakhtiari clarified his comments that he made when he was saying they and everything. He's putting his GM hat on. Like everybody's jumping out overboard about what, what he thought about his future. But um, yeah. you probably do need to start looking at it. I think the great thing about a guy like Darnell Wright, I'll keep going back to him, the Tennessee right tackle. He's played both sides. He can play both sides. You can plug him in at right tackle right now. He'll play for 10 years. You can plug him in at right tackle right now and be your left tackle later on. Like he, you know, I think he has the athleticism to do both. Um, there's a, we need, we have an edge need that we've talked about before. I don't know. I don't know that after the first two guys off the board, which are going to be stand up outside linebackers in, in uh, Will Anderson and then the kid from Texas Tech, who might name, but Mike Miles Murphy's the Clemson kid is, is not going to be that uh, for Tyree you. Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Wilson's going to be probably yeah. the second guy off the table. And I don't think they're going to be available for you. I don't know that the next guy, Miles Murphy, I think is better for my money, is better than Tyree Wilson, but. He's going to be more of a hand in the ground guy, so he's he's probably not who you're looking for. I just don't know if you're going to get him from that pick, but yeah, you're going to look for some edge guys certainly. Um, and again, there's a lot of things that could happen with this trade. We can't, I keep going back to we could pick up the Jameson kid from uh, Florida State. Uh, they drafted first round from the Jets last year. He was our first guy off the board that they didn't take. Right. Um, so I mean, there's 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 options out there, but I I. We always want offensive linemen, right? Ag, if, yes. if you're running, if 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 you're a running back, if you're if you're a left guard, man, you're, <laughs> the more the more offensive linemen you bring to the table, the, more, the happier we'll be. Certainly, oh, I think what I do I do say this. I think the discrepancy, like Tauscher shows up, you know, late round pick, Wisconsin kid. We're kind of we're kind of going like, oh, this is like this is almost like a gimmick, right? Because he's right. and he turns out to be amazing and he's got a great 10 or 11 year career however long he played there plays i mean he could be the governor right now if he wanted to yeah i i think that is a not a one-off but i think that's extremely rare and i and i really do think the difference now in kind of nfl ready town or guys that are even going to be successful in the league is like that that Mm -hmm. gap is just growing and growing and growing i don't know how many seventh rounders you pick up today that you're you're like I'm going to invest in this kid right now because I think he has a future or even, you know, six fifth rounders. I just, it's really, really tough. Like Zach Tom last year for him to have the athleticism that he had and not go higher is shocking to me. 
Yeah. You know, I, I just think that's a, a mistake by by draft guys, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was just about to say. That's where the scouting, the people looking at the athlete may not know. Um, and then the athlete, too, for the later round picks, reason why there is for the one reason that we're not seeing later round picks that then turn into Hall of Famers or pro bowlers is because, as we know, some of these athletes mentally and physically are built different. They're not built like we were. You know, they're they looking for really easy ways in. They're looking for the handout. And it's like, no, we had to go take it. We had to work hard. We had to bust our butt. We had chips on our shoulders. And you don't see kids around with chips on their shoulders these days. Very few. Very few at, at certain positions. Just depends on their upbringing and understanding the process of when you put in hard work, you should get this. But usually it doesn't work out that way, kid. You, then you got to find another way to get to the top. Hey, I got to tell you something. <laughs> so I forgot. I for, So, you know, I'm a Panthers guy too, right? So I, right. Matt Rule, the whole Matt Rule thing in yeah. Nebraska. So he had like a Matt Rule had a press conference. It's like, I must have been yesterday or something like that. And yeah. He got one up right and the, the Carolina, the Carolina guys are just eating it up, man. They're just like, oh, thank God he's not there anymore. Because he was talking about how like he had some three and a half. He's like, yeah, well, you know, the, uh, their attention span wavers after a three and a half hour practice. <laughs> yeah, going on. I, I heard what him the, say that. What I, What are you doing out there? Like, what? What are we in high school? Like in the eighties? Uh, like three and a half? Okay. I did hear that. I was like, okay. There's a guy who flies in the face of like science and goes, "No, I'm going to prove a point." Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. I know. I know you can't say anything. That's why I'm just going to keep begging you. <laughs> Uh, let's do some get off my line. AG, I got something for you today. Okay. I'm just a fill in the blank game. Okay. So oh. I'm gonna give you, and you've never you haven't seen these, right? No. Okay. I'm gonna give you some fill in the blanks and you gotta fill it in. Now I'll give you a here's a here's an easy one. It will be blank years before the video game industry pays their top players more than NFL quarterbacks. How many years before? Oh, wow. I would say. Because that that industry is going pretty fast here. Yeah, I would say max year 15. But 15 years and they're going to get. So that's probably 75 million a year, something like that. Yeah, my over is 15 years. My under is 10. Okay. That's Isn't that crazy to think about, though? Yeah. I mean, I'm living in it, so yeah. The, asc- the, ascendant, the ascendancy of that sport. Somebody hit me up this morning. Yeah, was my was my 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 buddy coach. He's he says. Uh, I said, the no, you need to Overwatch. No, this is oh. this is this. I call him Coach. I don't know why. His name is Ryan Claridge, but I call him Coach. Oh, Ryan. And, I know Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my we're, guy. We're the uh, same uh, uh, agent firm uh, representative. So Ryan, so Ryan's my Ryan's. He's like my brother. But oh, I called him. I called him this morning. And I said, uh, I, or yesterday, and I go, Hey, I think you need to be my son's agent. We're making a joke, and he goes, What for esports? I go, How, how did you even know about that? He's living in like Michigan. I don't even know he has electricity sometimes. Oh, All right, I got one for you. Here we go. Okay. Uh, the Packers front office can go blank themselves if they settle for anything less than a second and conditional first next season. Go blank themselves. That's they can the go bl- fill in the blank. They can go blank themselves. They can go blank themselves. Oh, I say if they they could go retire if they get that. <laughs> okay, that's what they could do. I like it. I like yeah. that. No, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, you worked your way out of that one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you would play. 
you would pay blank amount of money to see a first rounder in Kansas City this weekend for the NFL draft. Fake handshake Goodell on stage this weekend. How much money would you pay to see a guy give him the oh my god? I would pay I would, a significant amount. Almost, of it's almost priceless. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Um, the most I would pay in person for me to be there, mm-hmm. flight included, whatever travel. Yeah. Um, I'll pay top in if it was, I'll say. At the t- at the most twenty five hundred dollars. Okay, I was gonna say if, if we started a slush fund for a kid, yeah, and said there was here, here's, I don't know, we got up to a hundred grand, two hundred grand, and but you have to you have to give come in with the I'm gonna give you it and go, yeah, see ya. I don't yeah. want anything to do with you. I I pay a lot of money for that. I'll pay a lot of yeah. I say I would like twenty five if I had to be there in person. Actually, me, yeah, but for like a, a little giveaway thing fundraiser. Oh yeah, let's pay. Let's go big. Let's go six figures on that. Now we we know that the draft, the actual draft boards and the media draft boards are completely different things. But the media draft boards, some of the media have suggested that the the Texans will not take a quarterback at second pick. We talked about reasons why earlier. Mm. So Texan fans will blank the bed if they don't draft a quarterback with the second pick. Texans fans will blank the bed <laughs> if they. Don't. What, they what, pay- what does blank mean? Oh, that's, that that's like? easy. They're gonna crap the bed. They're gonna crap the bed. That they is right. Crap that, the bed. They, that fan base just—they're trying to figure themselves out. But it's wrong. It's the reason why they're trying to figure themselves out is because the team has traditionally ownership has figured figure themselves, themselves out yeah. over these years, ever since the existence of them in two thousand two or whatever that was, two thousand five years ago. Last one for me. That the NFL makes millions of dollars off betting annually, yet they suspend two players. Now, they suspended six in total. They suspended two players for betting on college games simply because they were on team grounds. Two Detroit Lions got suspended for six games for betting on college a college game, which is legal, but they did it at the facility, which is a no-no. They are oh. now suspended. Because they did that, that the NFL makes millions off betting, yet they suspend two players for betting on college games because they were on team grounds is completely blank. How hypocritical. Hypocritical is a great word. The NFL has a three to one. This is uh, not, this is anecdotal. This right. is the NFL has a three to one gambling ad to touchdown ratio during a game. In other words, if I see three touchdowns, I'm probably going to see nine gambling ads per game. Okay. Yes. I'm going to give. I'm going to give you a little uh, a little thing you can comment on. It. This is from an article. The situation with Williams, talking about the, the uh, first-round pick for the Lions, as well as teammate Stanley Berryhill has also received a six-game suspension, is a bit more technical. They didn't bet on NFL games, but did place bets on college football while at the Lions facility. The NFL outlaws betting of any kind while at the team facility. Williams' agent released a statement knowing that Williams would have been allowed to place these bets if he simply hadn't been at work. Really? Really? Like, we've had... People hit their spouses, run yes. over other humans. True. This guy does nothing wrong. He just happens to hit the send, send on the bed on the phone at a facility, yeah. and he's suspended for six games. You know how much money and future and all for six games? Give me a break. Yes. That, that's a that's a, at least that's two maybe maybe two million dollars of pay. 
Well, it depends on the player. Um, and I remember the year where I started. I'm like, I'm me and my wife are watching the game, and I'm like, what's with all the damn Caesar ads? You know, we got Caesar betting, you got DraftKings, you yeah. got all these different betting places, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And so when I saw it happening, I'm like, it really doesn't unfortunately surprise me because you're advertising it every day. So a young player may not read the fine print and doesn't realize that, oh, I can't place this bet in the stadium, but I could go outside. Why would you ever even think that would be, why would you ever think that you couldn't hit send on your phone in this, in the facility? That is, it's just stupid. It's like no different than ordering a pizza. If it's not, you know, it's not illegal. Exactly. So if you're betting, yeah, college game. Okay. Oh, my team, I'm not there anymore. I, I'm here with the Texans or I'm here with the, the Falcons or whatever. And boom, let's go. You know, I wouldn't even think, like I said, for a young player to not know that is no surprise because they, as a young kid, young person in general, they're spontaneous. You know, boom. All right. And they got the phone there on their phone constantly. If you're, you know, 30 and younger, you're you're on that phone. That phone is like an appendage attached to your hand. So that's AG, all. I do. After I lied, I have one more that I just thought of. No problem. What's up? Nebraska Cornhusker fans will have will wait for blank losses before turning on Matt Rule. Uh, if we have more five plus losses, five losses at Nebraska, storied Nebraska football yes. is going to endure five losses before they only. On this guy? They've been averaging almost eight losses a year. Oh, okay. <laughs> No bowl action. We're not winning six games in the last five years to go least. To really? Go no. No. Okay. Well, that makes I, sense. The bowl game, I think, was before Scott got here, unfortunately. So Goodness. 2019 was the last. 2018 or 16 or 17 or 18 was our last bowl game. May, That's a tough sport. Hold on. Let me look it up real quick. Let me see if I can find it. Nebraska. While we're at it, I thank again Betalon AG for sponsoring our our show today. AG, uh, you yeah. can find him mine at NebraskaKing.com. Oh, bowl appearance. What do you got? Last one. Oh wow! Oh wow! Last bowl appearance. Almost it was eight years ago. Nine years well, ago. Well, listen, this is it's just a different friend. It's a different 2014. Program right it was a Gator Bowl in 2014. Well, that's too. I mean, most people weren't even alive then, AG. For most of the kids, <laughs> you silly. Right. Listen, you can find me at Mike Wall 68 AG on Twitter and, and TikTok. Process performing Instagram. AG, where can they find you, man? Let's wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, Mon Green 30 on Twitter and Instagram and Mon Green's Gamers Lounge on uh, TikTok and YouTube. Talking about right. video games, man. Talking about video games. What day is that on? Remind us. That's on uh, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. live, but on the podcast ecosystem, wherever you download your podcast. Mon Green Gamers Play. Think about the coaching. Yes. All right. We're out of here, guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.